Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Going to loft into the end zone and digs touchdown Vikings. Here's the play action boot. Time to crank it up downfield and intercepted. Jones to the left side inside the five and into the end zone. Good block by Alan Lazar. 12 yard touchdown run. Aaron Jones. Jones, look at that balance. Aaron Jones, see ya. And yet the final Monday night football game of the season delivered a title to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, They are NFC North uh, champions. Good morning. Welcome in here on this uh, Christmas Eve edition of Make It Rain on the Grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. As we get ready to celebrate here over the next couple of days with family and friends, no matter uh, what you're celebrating here over the next couple of days, keep in mind it is a very sneaky and exciting sports week here with plenty of opportunities, including on uh, good old St. Nick's Day tomorrow with not one, not two, but five NBA games here that uh, you can profit from. And don't forget, bowl games tonight in Hawaii with BYU and the uh, Hawaii rain. What a shock. Hawaii is in the Hawaii Bowl. But uh, we'll get to those know. games. We'll let you know exactly how you can go ahead and make it rain. Uh, but last night, Monday Night Football, it was uh, that much closer to reality. Uh, and the reality of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers possibly going ahead and making it so that uh, the Super Bowl in the NFC could very well, uh, if you're going to go, you may have to go through Lambeau at least uh, for one game anyway, uh, as they took down just a feeble offensive attempt by uh, not even Kurt Cousins. Uh, it was bad for the Minnesota Vikings on every aspect of that game. And I can tell you this, if Dalvin Cook is that important to a team, if a running back is that important to a team, then I don't ever want to hear another franchise tell me how oh, we can't pay running backs. We the running backs are a dime a dozen. Well, apparently not, uh, because you were about 127 yards of total offense tells me, yeah, you just can't go out and uh, replace a running back like uh, Dalvin Cook. But from the play calling with Zimmer punting with four minutes left down 13, right to calling timeouts uh, with 15 seconds left on a clock, trying to fake a fourth and one. The problem with Mike Zimmer, and it's amazing the record he has had in that building at home and doing what he has done, um, but that is not the same record. Don't confuse those numbers with games that mean seasons, games that are on the line, because Zimmer, for some reason, is this coach That he plays not to lose, Dane. One of my all-time favorite pet peeves, man, is these coaches who they coach and they play not to lose. They don't go balls to the wall and lay it all out there to win. And that entire game last night, 
No answer. The coaching was almost non-existent. No answer for uh, Zadarius Smith. Three and a half sacks. He actually lived next to uh, Kirk Cousins last night the entire time. Took over the game, for that matter, on the defensive front. They had no answer for him. And I'm not even sure Dalvin Cook in a lineup would have helped. Uh, And it wasn't a pretty game. It wasn't like uh, Aaron Rodgers and the offense lit anybody up either. It was ugly offensive for both teams. Three to one turnover. You had four turnovers in the game. But the real difference in that game was that Darius Smith just would not stop. If you can get that kind of production from that dude on that defensive front moving forward, Holy crap, people. You better – damn, dude. I mean, that's the guy they thought they were getting all year, and he's been good. But last night when they needed him the most, that's the guy that stood out to me by far was absolutely the most dominant player on both teams on both sides of the ball. I hope they can get more from him like that at Lambo because good luck uh, trying to run now on a what's supposed to be a leaky run uh, defense. Not with that dude. That dude was out of control last night. Yeah, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates on Make It Rain on Christmas Eve. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. I agree with most of what you said there, Joe. Uh, Zadarius Smith was the best player on the field last night. And then, you know, when you if you broaden it out a little bit more, him and Preston Smith and Frank Clark, who are there in that front line, you know, uh, pose a challenge. You know, absolutely. And the Minnesota offensive line center, Bradbury, had no answer whatsoever. So ever. How about all those people who in their fantasy championship decided to plug and play Mike Boone into their running back position? I don't know if it worked out for you. Here's what I would say, though. I do think Dalvin Cook would matter whether or not he runs for 125 yards or not is almost secondary, Joe. And I've been saying this all season long, right? It's the about the ability to just have some balance, okay? And sometimes, even if you're running for two or three yards, the fact that the threat is there, if you keep that commitment to the run game, eventually it can balance some things out. But the Green Bay Packers had no fear of that running game at all. And I think, not completely, But on some level, that helped Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Frank Clark, you know, the proverbial pin their ears back and go after him. You know, part of it is because they had no respect for the run game. So they are, whether it's Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Amir Abdullah, or anybody else, they're going to have to be a little bit more productive in that run game. But for me, it was the offensive line. And you're right, Zadarius Smith was terrorizing everything. But think about this, whoever they see in the NFC, playoffs will have some kind of pass rushing talent I mean it profiles right now for them to maybe see the Saints potentially in the first round you think guys like Davenport won't be on them or if they're in Seattle you think guys like Clowney won't be on them I mean this is something for the Minnesota Vikings to deal with and hopefully the balance that Dalvin Cook provides could help out a little bit, but congratulations to the Packers. They are NFC North division champions. I still have a lot of faith in, uh, in um, the backs of play tonight. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't move the ball as effective as we wanted to. And so, um, you know, that's why the time of possession was what it was. And um, so we'll be all right. No, really? I, I don't think so there, Zim. Um, I'm thinking you're not all right uh, because Yeah, you made zero adjustments in that game. Zero. 
Absolutely zero. And oh, yeah, you didn't protect your damn quarterback at all. Big problems there for Minnesota. We'll get an update on Dalvin Cook. We actually have one for you. We'll get okay. to that. Coming up next on the grid, that is sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yo, kid, I got some really bad news. What, Santa? No dough for Christmas. Yo, what you talking about no dough for Christmas, yo? I'm going to get me a job. Y'all need to get a job, too. A job? Yo, I ain't trying to get no job, man. That's my word is born. I ain't trying to get no job. <laughs> Don't go, Santa. I know who can help us. <laughs> Classic. And Merry Christmas to you and yours on this uh, on this Tuesday. Sure. It is December the 24th. It is Christmas Eve on the grid as we do have a bowl game uh, tonight. In fact, NBA dark, NHL dark, college football getting ready to go here tonight. And, of course, uh, five NBA games on the slate tomorrow for Christmas Day. They own Christmas, the NBA. And we'll pick up with a couple of more uh, uh, bowl games there on Thursday, heading into what is going to be Bowl Mania weekend, including oh, yeah. uh, the uh, the playoffs. Uh, we'll have some playoff action there in college football on Saturday, leading us right into Sunday in the final week of the NFL season. A week in which there is so much still to be determined uh, for the playoffs here in Week 17. Uh, AFC, not so much. We know the number one. We know the number five. It's kind of just a jockeying for position in case some craziness happens. But for the most part, the AFC is a little bit easier to figure out than what's going on in the NFC, where because of that flexed 49ers Seahawks game, there's a lot that can happen early in the day, which will determine really a big outcome of that game will determine seeding and who's going where and what, which is kind of nuts. And the 49ers, at least they control their own destiny. And no matter what happens earlier in the day, if the 49ers win Sunday night, uh, they are the number one seed. Uh, If the Seahawks win this game, then you've got a whole lot of other possibilities going on, including Green Bay sitting at the number two spot right now. Uh, But Green Bay, ironically enough, has an opportunity there to be able to take over the number one Uh, or the number two, uh, at worst, the number three seed. They can't finish any worse than the number three, uh, but they have an opportunity if Seattle ends up pulling off the upset. The Saints are still in it with an opportunity, of course, to be able to pull off the uh, uh, craziness because they need Seattle to beat San Francisco. Um, There is uh, a whole lot of difference of hell even the eagles and dallas aren't finished yet so even that's going to come down to the the number four seed yes seattle at worst the number five minnesota's kind of locked themselves into the six there so outside of dallas waiting to see if uh if philadelphia can get taken down by the giants which is very possible given how they played flip cup there uh, the other night after that victory. Anything is possible with the Giants right now. Uh, But Seattle could be as, you know, they could be as high as number one. They could be as low as number five. And then Green Bay, really, you know, either you're playing for the bye 
or and they got to take on Detroit, by the way. So either they're playing for a bye and the number two seed at worst, or if they don't take care of Detroit, they don't have to worry about falling much further than number three. But, you know, having to go to Lambeau as a number one or a number two seed is still an important factor for that team. If they drop to number three, I'd be more concerned because the biggest Achilles heel for Aaron Rodgers and for the Green Bay Packers team is playoffs on the road, not exactly been that kind to them. Playoffs at Lambeau Field are a totally different animal in January, and you know they're going to be pumped up and ready to rock and roll. So if they take down Detroit, which I'm sure they will, uh, and they get just a tiny bit of help, hell, the, the damn Super Bowl might have to run through Lambeau, Dane, and that would scare me if I was uh, if I was a few of other of these uh, teams here that plan on making a run out of the NFC. Yeah, I hear that. Um, like, it's funny. All year long, Joe, people have been, in essence, calling the Packers Fugazi, right? Like, they keep on stacking wins, and everyone's like, yeah, but they don't look as good as the Saints. Yeah, but the 49ers can punch you in the mouth. And here's Green Bay chugging along, right? And they're going to wind up 13-3, and in my opinion, because I do think they beat uh, Detroit on Sunday, right? So if you go 13-3 and and look bad doing it, I don't care. You still look 13-3, and okay? So absolutely, it is all right there for them. And you mentioned that San Fran-Seattle is the game that's flexed to Sunday night. So New Orleans, uh, Green Bay, they're just going to go out there and try to plant their flag and make San Francisco have to do business, you know, on Sunday night to catch up. Um, but they are a quality team. Here's what I'm going to say. And, Joe, you know, for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about the Kansas City Chiefs defense. And if they kind of improve the threat that they become when everyone's talking about Baltimore or maybe New England. Well, I'll say the same thing for Green Bay, Joe. You know, if that you open this show with the developing defense of the Green Bay Packers. I remember after week one in the opener, after they stomped on the Chicago Bears, Aaron Rodgers and Mike Pettin, right? Aaron Rodgers was like, uh-oh, we've got a defense. And everybody was like, uh-oh, if Green Bay has a defense, this could be a problem. Now, the, they've developed under the Matt LaFleur offense, right? They've, they've gotten better as they've gone along. And I'll tell you this, Joe. I consider Green Bay and Kansas City, they both might be kind of the third seed. They both might be teams that people are like, yeah, they're good, but to take a line from you. But if their defenses continue to develop and stand up, they are very, very dangerous in their respective conferences. Uh, Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's either way, you've got two situations here. The 49ers and the Saints, who it's going to be real interesting to see where they land and and where they have to play and how they got to play if they got to play. So the 49ers know what's at stake. Uh, You win, it's coming to you. It's coming to Santa Clara. Uh, Either way, it's going to come through uh, Santa Clara. And it's also uh, the 49ers have already beaten Green Bay. They've already beaten the Saints. And they're in the driver's seat. Make no mistake about it. They are in the driver's seat. If for some reason they aren't able to win and they drop, um, you know, they could end up being the number five seed in a blink of an eye, which is crazy uh, to even think about. But, yes, they could be in the number five seed. But it doesn't change the fact that they still beat the Saints at home on the road. 
uh, and were able to take down the uh, the Green Bay Packers actually rather easily. So uh, this is going to be a very important week 17 in the NFC from that standpoint of, listen, <laughs> there's a big difference between being one and five, no doubt, being two and three, no doubt, especially for some of these teams like yeah. a New Orleans Saints who is much better at home. We know that. Green, Green Bay, Bay is well. much better at Lambeau. San Francisco is the only team that's proven, listen, whether we're home, we're on the road, they've already proven this year, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Not so much in the AFC. In the AFC, listen, Baltimore's already said, guess what, guys? We are uh, shutting everybody down here for week 17. So we know Lamar's not playing. Ingram's not playing. Earl Thomas's not playing. I mean, the list goes on, which is fine. It's a smart play to go. Uh, Pittsburgh's still got everything to play for. But again, you look at New England and you look at Kansas City and, you know, there is a big difference between having to go to Foxborough and having to go to Arrowhead. And that, too, is really what's on the line here. Now, granted, an act of God and a Fitz magic potion uh, bomb. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. But uh, yes, it's still up for grabs in the in the AFC. But. Let's say the the football gods, for argument's sake, everything, nothing crazy goes on here. You've okay. got, you've basically got Baltimore one. You've got New England two. Sure. If Kansas City's three, Houston's going to be four. You've got yep. Buffalo, and let's just say, uh, who is Oakland. who is that going to be? Pittsburgh, uh, Tennessee. Let's say, um, uh. Tennessee. Tennessee, because I think Tennessee is what uh, now the number six seed right now, Currently based on the their strength seed. of schedule. Yes. Yeah, I gotta so, tell you just the truth, Joe. If you asked me, just just knee jerk reaction, what's going to happen in the games that matter for this? I think Oakland might make it. It's possible. It, I really it do. Is if you asked me, just snap decision. I could see Houston beating Tennessee very easily. I could see Pittsburgh not going to Baltimore and winning, and I can see Oakland winning. I could see the eight and eight tie. I really can. So that's why I was like, oh, you're gonna be like, oh, let's just say Tennessee. I don't know. I, I don't know, Joe, but for argument's sake, go ahead. Let's say it's Tennessee in the six. Well, listen, Tennessee has got to win, and they're going to need – they're still going to need a little bit uh, – Houston's playing, They're still going to need a little bit of uh, – if it's Oakland oh, – I client said that he's playing his guys. Watson, Hopkins, they're playing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is that the Black Santa? I want a Super Nintendo. All right, time to find us on YouTube. It's pretty simple. Just head over to the Sports Grid Network. You can get all the fantasy and sports wagering advice you need all the time, especially this time of year, simply by subscribing at the Sports Grid Network. Also on Instagram, make sure you follow us at Sports Grid TV. And uh, it's never too late for you to be able to put your money where your mouth is and go ahead. You got a, uh, you know, you got a game tonight here. BYU taking on Hawaii. You yeah. can open yourself up a sports wagering account with FanDuel. It is Jersey's largest sports book. You just got to go to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, and you'll get a free bet of up to 500 bucks right now for tonight. That's a free bet, 500 bucks simply by opening a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com 
forward slash grid, and you can take on the point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering, college and pro sports. You guys are definitely in control, but you got to get over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, open that new account, and claim your free wager of up to 500 bucks today. Now, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It is 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. And uh, as we wind down here, week uh, 16 came to a close last night with the Packers beating the Vikings 23-10. So now they uh, clinched the NFC North. Uh, and now they closed at, uh, I believe it was four and a half last night. They were plus 180 on the money line. The uh, under also uh, was a very safe bet there. 47 was the total there. The, uh, that was way under. Uh, favorites this week, 9-6-1 and one against the number. And here's the deal. Underdogs this year, as we take a tally through 16 weeks, 122-109-8 against the number. That is good for uh, just about 53% on the season. Road teams this week also had the edge, 8-7-1 and one against the number. Uh, this is crazy. Road teams, 127, 108 against the number. That's 56% road huh. teams have covered this year, which is a which is a huge number. Uh, and not to anybody's surprise, because we've been telling you this forever, unders, uh, 10 and 6 for the week. Unders this year have the nod at uh, 122, 116 and 2. 52%. Uh, we have seen the unders cash this year. So, uh, now it's it's just a matter down to week 17, and while some teams have nothing to play for, a crazy amount of teams certainly have something to play for. And in the AFC, that's where the real chaos can go. I mean, outside of Dallas yeah. and Philadelphia, that'll work itself out. Uh, if Philadelphia wins, they're in. They control their own destiny. But uh, if the Giants do pull off the upset, then, then you got something to watch there. But it, it's interesting. Oakland, listen – most people in Oakland on that team last week when they won the game had absolutely no idea they could even make the playoffs. And I'm not talking players. I'm right. talking members of the actual management staff and people inside the building had no idea that they were actually still were viable for uh, for the playoffs, which is hilarious. But to your point, so they got to win, but they need the Titans and the Steelers to lose. So we need the Titans to lose on the road to the uh, Houston Texans. Now, let's say the Texans do win this game. I can't think of a more, and, and this is a team you got to think, for all the accolades we've thrown Ryan Tannehill and, and company in Tennessee, if you had a shot not once, not twice, but three times to make a playoff push, and you lost the final three games of the season when the playoffs were on the line, I don't know of a more epic collapse than that right now for Tennessee that you would have to seriously consider something's going on there. And I know Tannehill would be easy to point to, but Vrabel and company, you got to take a serious look. If you don't win the third shot now, a third game against a team that's already clinched in Houston, your division rival, I don't – I mean, Dane, you got to – heads have to roll. I mean, there's just no other way around it. Heads have to roll if you go 0-3 down the stretch in all three games, a simple win would have clinched the playoff spot for you. Unless Derrick Henry is again out, right? Isn't he a huge piece of this? And he was not there for 
uh, New Orleans and being able to control that clock a little bit more might have helped against New Orleans and what turned out to be like a 38-28 game, I believe. You're right. Okay, Joe, it would be a collapse. It would be horrible based on all the things that people were saying about them a mere month ago. But one of the things we did say, Joe, when Tennessee was scoring 30 points a game and Ryan Tannehill was a revelation, we pointed out the quality of opponents. We pointed out the schedule. And we said going into this, well, we're going to find out about them because they had Houston, New Orleans, and Houston. Houston beat them to kind of go ahead and, and take a stranglehold of that division. New Orleans, we're talking about as a legit Super Bowl contender, in my opinion, they are one of four teams that I can still that I still believe can win the Super Bowl in the entire NFL. So I mean, yeah, they lost, and now they they still have it in front of them. But I don't know if I don't know if I would go as so far as extreme to say heads would roll because that would still be a pretty de- a 500 season given what they did with two quarterbacks and and other moving pieces. But yes, now that they are here, they need to get a win and finish the job, especially against a Houston team that may not doesn't have as much to play for, and even with guys starting, quote unquote, they should get the job done if they. Break bring their A game, and, you know, they have a lot to play for. Absolutely. There is no justification for Vrabel or anybody else in that organization. And, again, don't tell me a running back is the single linchpin to a playoff berth for teams or to advance. If that's the case, then I don't want to hear any more crap about running back positions being uh, devalued and we don't need them. Oh, no, they're a dime a dozen. I'm on that uh, side the, the NFL. Whole time, and these teams need to get the head out of their ass then because if you can't win one out of three final games against two division against the same damn team, by the way, uh, and he was in that game against Houston the first time around a first, couple of weeks absolutely. ago, and they the still time, yeah. didn't pull it off. Uh, you can't on the, you got a team playing on the grass for the first time in 20 years yeah. at home, and you lost two games at home uh, during that stretch and could not get the job done when it was all said and done, it's just, it's, you can't even teams play all year to be able to put themselves in a position to do exactly what Tennessee has done, which was just win one game. You win one out of three, two out of three are home. All you got to do is win one. All you got to do is win one. And if I'm the Texans at home, am I, I'm not going to make it easier for a divisional opponent. Am I to make the playoffs? Right. Absolutely. Like, don't I I'll want Tennessee on the couch? Like, I don't want, yeah, you, you know, Grayson is going, I don't want to take on Tennessee a third Absolutely. time in a playoff. Like, that's not what I want to do. So they're going to bring it. And I don't blame Bill O'Brien. But Absolutely. man, I, you know, I'd hate to see what's going to happen in there. Question marks galore. I don't know whether Derrick Henry will play. Um, even if he doesn't, you, you got to figure something out here, Vrabel. And he's uh, another guy that, you scratch your head sometimes with these decisions that we have seen down the stretch, clock management, play calling. Boy, a lot on the line here for Tennessee this weekend. It is. And let me bring up one more thing that's on the line. Ryan Tannehill's future. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you talk about this, Joe, I remember about a week ago or the last time we talked about it, one of the things you were saying about Tennessee was like, what's your other choice? Right. Mm -hmm. That if you're in the NFL, similar to, say, Jameis or Carr in Oakland. Right. Like, you know, if you're not the elite quarterback, if you're the kind of game manager, if you're one of the guys where a team 
could win with you. And now, you know, it's you're, you're souring a little bit. Heads might roll, things of that nature. If they lose again and you have a decision to make on a guy like Ryan Tannehill, when you know what the other options are on the merry-go-round, we've talked about them ad nauseum here. Is Ryan Tannehill potentially playing for a contract or an extra year on that contract or an extra four to five million on that contract? You know, this could be the difference, Joe. You say, like, if they make it or not, from him getting a, you know, a Jacoby Brissett kind of deal to a uh, not a deal at all to, you know, I mean, this is big for a guy like Ryan Tannehill who has his future potentially mm-hmm. in Tennessee on the line. It's nice yep. that he went 5-1 and one to start, but now as you're explaining, what yep. happens if they defecate the mattress in the last three and have a bad taste in your mouth then? Yeah, NFL is all about what have you done for me lately. And uh, mm-hmm. while I don't think Tannehill is the reason why they've lost these last couple of games. In fact, I, you know, an argument can be made that the reason they were even in these, you know, he threw for 272 yards and three touchdowns against Tennessee. I mean, he did everything he possibly could in order to bring it back Um, there. They've got some other uh, issues on that team. Number one, kicking who, okay. We, We talked about a team that will have missed more field goals for the first time than actually made them in the NFL. Like what the hell they lost two games this year. Because of their kicking and because of their uh, their lack of special teams. So that's got to fall on somebody. But I do think Tannehill's in a spot to, you know, come in and, and ride, uh, you know, have a parade of sorts there in Tennessee. If he can get this team to win this game in Houston and get hey. to the playoffs, a lot will be forgiven and forgotten. But this is still a team that, yeah, you, you got to – you rested Derrick Henry last week. I'm only going to assume – and Vrabel, it's very hard yes. to do that. But I'm only going to assume you did that because you had this game circled and figured, you know what, guys? I'd rather have him for a second shot. If we win in Tennessee, then you know what? If they win against New Orleans, you you don't even have to play him this week. Then you're already in, right? So you're good to go. Right. But, man, it, there's no excuse. If he is 50%, you've got to get him on the field in some capacity. So for nothing else, the balance it may provide, even as a decoy. Right. Even as a decoy, you have to respect the man that's running for 150 yards for those last four four games. Yeah, and I I believe that Lewis ain't gonna cut it. Yep, Lewis ain't gonna cut it. Yep, it's just the balance. And I'm someone who does believe the running back is important. I believe that you do need that, if nothing else, to open up the pass game. A lot of times, it doesn't even look in the box score. Okay, so you need Derrick Henry in there if you want to have that eighth man in the box, so you can throw it to AJ Brown and Corey Davis and Jonu Smith or whoever else you want to throw it to. You need Derrick Henry to bring those safeties down so that linebackers care about play action that is a role that matters you saw the Packers didn't give a damn about Mike Boone and the threat of Mike Boone yesterday I wonder if that was Dalvin Cook how the defense may have had to react a little different the running backs in December matter huh interesting so Melvin Gordon hope you're paying attention Melvin hope you're paying attention more playoffs on the way next year on the grid. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. The Seattle Seahawks uh, have uh, Genre change. decided to... Dig up the dead and uh, leave yeah. no stone unturned here, trying to uh, trying to do something about their running back position. Again, you guys seeing a theme here today uh, with the running back position in December for some teams. So it's a little bit more important than I think some ownerships, uh, yeah. some ownership groups here are would like to admit. And yeah. I can tell you this: I know it didn't just they weren't uh, after the game on Sunday. Um, they weren't sitting in the office drinking tequila and said, hey, you know what would be a great idea is if we <laughs> called Marshawn Lynch. I am fairly certain that this was always in the back of Pete Carroll and company's mind that they have been. This is not something that came out of the blue. So don't don't kid yourself into thinking like, uh, well, they, they they tried everything else. Now they're going to Martin. No, no, they they have been thinking this has always been an option for them. This was always kind of like a plan B and they would not do this if they didn't already have confirmation of him being in some sort of game shape, Dane. Otherwise, it's an absolute waste of time. Now, when asked, um, they actually when uh, when reporters were able to get to Marshawn uh, Lynch and ask him, this is what he had to say. So I'm not uh, quite sure that he's going to be exactly where he needs to be, but I will say I'm going to give Pete Carroll and John Schneider and that organization the benefit of doubt because they've earned it. These aren't guys that just throw crap against the wall to see what sticks. Turbin was the safe. I get it. You know, he's been there, done that, knows the offense. Um, And Lynch, much to, you know, what you've been saying, listen, as far as anybody knows, right? When Marshawn Lynch steps on that field in a Seahawks uniform, it's Marshawn Lynch. I'm going to respect it. You damn straight. It's going to be Marshawn Lynch until you see otherwise. So, you know, just from that standpoint alone, his ability, if he is able to be in game shape of some sort. And again, I do believe they've had scouts on him. Guys, this is not something willy nilly. They're just going to hand him money and say, join the team. Uh, this is not about selling seats in Seattle. Oh, no. this, is, this is about winning a division. <laughs> this is about winning a division and getting all the help you can. Yeah. If he is in halfway game shape, you know, can he can he carry 12 times, catch a couple of balls out of the backfield? That's probably all they need him to do with Russell Wilson back there. The mere threat of a beast mode on the field uh, is a game changer for him. So kudos that they at least had the foresight to to plan for something like this, the 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 God forbid insurance, you know, the God forbid scenario. Yeah. I I don't know anybody else out on the market, Dane, they could have pulled in a, where it would have that kind of impact off the street in well, week 17, like Marshawn Lynch. I hear you. Okay. And absolutely. Joe, every team for every position on their board has like an emergency list. Right. Mm-hmm. They have a list of two or three guys that they know if God forbid injury like this strikes a position group, guys that they can call. OK, whether it's former players that were in that scheme or guys that they saw were the last on practice squads of other play, uh, other teams, the last cuts, that sort of thing. 
Every team has that list, okay? And so, listen, Joe, last week we've been talking – we were talking about Adrian Peterson still having stuff in the tank. We've been talking about Frank Gore, you know, and the accolades he deserves this year after his ascension. So why couldn't a 33-, 34-year-old Marshawn Lynch still have something in it? And you talk about it especially – Joe, in Major League Baseball in the playoffs, we said, oh, it's not home run or bust anymore, right? In the NBA in the playoffs, we say, oh, yeah, all these threes are great, but watch when it turns into a half-court set. And in the NFL, all of a sudden, the run game is important as it gets cold outside and we go to December. What do you know? You know, but here's what I will say, Joe, that I think motivates this even more. Tell me if you buy this. So the running game is the running game, and Carson and ProSize, what have you. But they were risking this kid, Travis Homer, being the lead back. And they bring in Turbin. They bring in Beast Mode. I'll tell you why I think it's important, Joe. Pass protection. Blitz pickup. That stuff. What is a veteran off the street like a Turbin or a Marshawn Lynch? Maybe they don't have as much juice or tread on the tires, but you know what they know? They know the damn blocking assignment in that scheme. They are not going to let Quan Alexander or Nick Boza come in unblocked on Sunday. It's still, you have to protect your likely second place MVP award winner. Russell mm-hmm. Wilson is the franchise. And I'd be damned if the Seattle and P. Carroll is going to let Travis. Travis Homer block, uh, pick, uh, you know, blow a blitz coverage assignment and get Russell Wilson killed. I think these veterans, Turbin and Lynch, yeah, maybe they'll carry the ball a few times and it may be juice in the stadium the first time Marshawn Lynch picks up a first down. That place will go bonkers. But I think this is about blitz pickup, pass protection, and them having faith that a veteran knows their assignment in that scheme, Joe. I think pass protection is huge for these running back pickups. And uh, it's... I applaud them. Uh, If it works, if it manages to somehow work uh, in the long stretch here over the next month and uh, knock on wood that they actually are able to represent the NFC with beast mode in the backfield, I don't know a better story in the last 20 years in the NFL. This could be unbelievable that beast mode could ride off into the sunset and actually, and the only thing that would make it perfect, right, is if, they end up facing the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and they hey, actually hand the ball off to Beast ball. Mode this time. It's just, I just, See, I'm going the other way crap. for you. Yeah. I'm this going the other way crap, for you. guys, does not uh, often happen where you have – and I thought Marshawn Lynch's response was great. Uh, you know, he was asked, and he was like, listen, we've got unfinished business here in Seattle, me and I, because there was some question is that, Right. Did he resent Pete Carroll? Did he resent the organization? There was some talk. He spent two years, by the way, guys. It wasn't like he was crap with Oakland there. They wanted him back this year. Like, they wanted, tried to talk him out of retirement, and he just he didn't want to do it. But now that he doesn't have to go to OTAs, now he doesn't have to go to right. training camp. Why not? Why not go out, bang some heads for a couple? Yeah. Why not, man? You know, he's going to be fresher than everybody else. Skittles, he'll be good to go. Hey, Joe, I was thinking about it the other way. Remember that Seattle was that division winner that didn't wasn't above 500, right? Yes. But yep, then yep. all the Saints came into Seattle, and because of the Beast Quake run, Seattle as a 500 division winner advanced yep. in the playoffs. Yep. yep. I fear, though, Joe, that in two weeks these Seattle Seahawks would have to travel to a 500 division winner 
And what if they lose? And the same kind of thing, because I now yep. think Philly is getting healthy. Jordan Howard potentially coming back. Carson Wentz making plays. If Seattle goes into, say, Philly and loses, that would also be full circle. Seattle as the division winner who couldn't get it done. I mean, who did get it done as a 500 team. And then having to face a division 500 winner who may get the job done as well. So it could come full circle in a bad way for them, as well as they could if they ultimately see TB12 in New England. Uh, I, listen, the truth is, they're, winner, they're only going to win or lose based upon what Russell Wilson does. And ain't gonna, Beast Money ain't going to have uh, any sort of real say in it one way or the other. But, you know, Russell Wilson's going to make this team go. If he can utilize yes. and they can figure out a way with Schottenheimer and company to utilize him, whether it be a decoy or in pass protection or whatever, utilize him to help Russell Wilson, then yes. by all means. But Russell Wilson, he knows he's going to have to carry this team now. Um, this is why you're considered the MVP. He's done it before. You know, when he first came into the league, much like Tom Brady, they were asked to be game at. You weren't asked to do a lot. Marshawn Lynch was that guy for you, Russell right. well, Wilson, when you came in. Too, Hand right? the damn ball off. Let the defense play. Good to go. You know, now uh, Marshawn's got to return the favor, help uh, Russell Wilson be the best he can be in order to be able to deliver this team at least through the playoffs. And they've got a shot, you know, Sunday night, if nothing else, the, uh, you know, the NFL wins again because this oh, dude's yeah. going to be on the sideline. Holy right crap. Can you see Collinsworth and the, uh, the packages they're going to put together there? With, oh, I just, it's, absolutely. It, you could not ask for absolutely. a more fitting end to a 2019 season than to be in Seattle. The 12th man with the return of beast mode. Like, you got to be kidding me, NFL. You win again. You just win again. Absolutely. And, you know, it's ironic also is, you know, Marshawn Lynch is a Bay Area cat. And he may win the division against the other Bay Area team, the San Francisco 49ers. You're right. absolutely right. That building is going to be live. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Bet the prop bet. The first play of the game will be a Marshawn Lynch four-yard carry. Bet the right. farm on it. Yo, they're yep. going to get him involved early because we don't know how much tread he has on the tires, but they're going to find out early on. I'll tell you that right yep. now. Yep. And, and Joe, quick. you're right. It is what he can do to support Russell Wilson. OK, yep. we saw what that what the absence of Dalvin Cook was for Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is the threat that balance. I'm going to tell you something, Joe. I know Russell Wilson is amazing. But if even he has to turn into a volume thrower. And if even he has no threat of the run game and defenses know what it is, then even he will succumb to being a less efficient passer and it won't look as good when everyone knows they don't have, you know, they were one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL, Joe. Okay. Right. And the play action and the deep shots is what Russell Wilson has great. If they lose that threat, you may not see it in the box score, but it makes the Seahawks offense a lot different, even for someone as amazing as Russell Wilson. Well, what Russell hasn't had to do over the last couple of years because of the improvement in the offensive line is he hasn't had to use his legs nearly as much. Uh, that might change, uh, you know, because he's not going to have a choice now except to kind of lay out there. And I, I'm not saying he got a little softer as the years gone on, but he was taking way more shots with his legs uh, and what made him so great was his inability, his ability, you know, to slide, avoid. to avoid yeah. hits. That's what he's always been great at. But listen, that offensive line last couple of years, he hasn't 
you know, he hasn't with Chris Carson and company. He hasn't had to do that. I'm going to be interested to see is if instead of throwing it out of bounds now, maybe just maybe, um, you know, he takes off a little bit more first than he normally would because he knows um, he knows what's at stake. I mean, Russell Wilson's not a moron. He understands. And I'm wondering how much effort, let's face it, even if they're the number five seed, right? How much does it really change for Seattle? If they win, if they win because home field is what to them, right, at this particular point? What is home field to them? So what's at stake for them at best? A number two seed? But a win is also a buy, potentially. I think the buy is very important than them having to travel to the East Coast. Yeah, no, no, it it is. It absolutely is. A buy is good for any one of those teams. But I don't – they're not getting – I don't know that they're getting anybody back. So, like, is Clowney coming back? Is Griffin coming back? There's a ton of dudes that people don't even realize that are – and Dwayne Brown, to me, is is absolutely one of the bigger ones. They hope to have him back by the first game of the playoffs. Hopefully, a dude's getting his knee scoped and some – you know, a 350-pound man doesn't necessarily recover that quickly, but uh, they've got a lot of question marks going in. So, yeah, a buy would help. But how much you willing to risk to get that buy? Uh, uh, Russell knows this is like a game full of third down and goal lines. You go for it. This is it the situation. Be, you right? go for. It has we to be. We all praise you for making the right calculations. This is the time to shove. This time to Gotta go all in. Yep. Yep. This Gotta go sweet. all in. Indeed knows finding the right hire takes time away from your business. Hiring a qualified data engineer felt like a second job. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's happening already, and um, glad to see it because it, it's only going to be a matter of time here before uh, this guy is back in the league. But it uh, looks like uh, former Packer coach Mike McCarthy interviewing for jobs. Uh, yep. This coming off the heels, he did a really great – I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it. He did a really great interview, in-depth interview with Peter King uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it was amazing um, – how in-depth he really got. I mean, watching him on that interview and listening to him, A, this is a guy that spent, he said, most of his career not embracing the analytics department and or the idea that it was, he was very Mike Sosha. It's like, I, analytics, analytics, I know. Um, and he I has like spent the, the best. Jib. Yeah, the, this <laughs> last two years he has done, he's... Um, He's actually partnered up with MIT guys. Like, he's really gone full overboard. And, you know, during the interview, you could see such a, you know, the coach in him, like how passionate he was right now, plays, he's right. drawing plays. Right, right, right. Um, he's a guy that really is taking it to the net. Like, he understood where he was, where his weaknesses were. And he spent this time away from the game, not only improving himself, but his coaching ability, how he approaches things. He studies film. Eight hours a day of other t- – this is all what he's been doing in the offseason. So it doesn't shock me that he would be the first interview for Carolina. He's going to be the interview for a lot of teams. Uh, he will probably, in all likelihood, in my opinion, be the first guy off the board uh, as a uh, as a head coach uh, being what? named to a team. 
Uh, it was pretty eye-opening, man, because if you remember Mike McCarthy from a couple of years ago battling with Aaron Rodgers, he was very stuck in his ways. Wasn't that Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. thing? Like, it's yeah. the same crap. It's a, no, This is a new dude, man. This is a totally new guy. I think he's uh, – and I think he's going to be good no matter where he goes. I wouldn't mind him with Daniel Jones. I really would not mind him with Daniel Jones. Well, that's if he goes to New York. I wouldn't mind him with whoever the Carolina quarterback is if he goes yeah. to Carolina. And, you know, here's the thing. What just happened last week to Mr. Tom Coughlin? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. evidence yeah, yeah. that he could not evolve, right? And could not, whether it's analytics or being a player's coach or whatever it is, right? He could not evolve. We've seen it with guys like Buck Showalter, you know, who need to move on as the times change. And and maybe uh, McCarthy's doing that. Panthers yep. in Washington fired their coaches first. Why? To maybe have first fight at the Apple for a guy like McCarthy. He'll be a head coach in the NFL sometimes. Absolutely. Pretty impressive stuff. Check out the interview, guys. Very eye-opening about the state of the...